0: She devoured stories with rapacious greed, ranks of black marks on white, sorting themselves into mountains and trees, stars, moons and suns, dragons, dwarfs, and forests containing wolves, foxes, and the dark. She told her own tales as she walked through the fields, tales of wild riders and deep mears, of kindly creatures and evil hags. At some point, when she was a little older, she discovered Asgard and the gods. This was a solid volume, bound in green, with an intriguing, rushing image on the cover of Odin's wild hunt on horseback, tearing through a clouded sky amid jagged bolts of lightning, watched from the entrance to a dark underground cavern by a dwarf in a cap, looking alarmed. The book was full of immensely detailed, mysterious, steel engravings of wolves and wild waters, apparitions, and floating women. It was an academic book, and had in fact been used by her mother as a crib for exams in Old Icelandic and Ancient Norse. It was, however, German. It was adapted from the work of Dr. W. Wegner. The thin child was given to reading books from cover to cover. She read the introduction about the retrieval of the old Germanic world with its secrets and wonders. She was puzzled by the idea of the Germans. She had dreams that there were Germans under her bed, who, having cast her parents into a green pit in a dark wood, were sawing down the legs of her bed to reach her and destroy her. Who were these old Germans? as opposed to the ones overhead, now dealing death out of the night sky. The book also said that these stories belonged to Nordic peoples, Norwegians, Danes and Icelanders. The thin child was, in England, a northerner. The family came from land invaded and settled by Vikings. These were her stories. The book became a passion. Much of her reading was done late at night, with a concealed torch under the bedclothes, or with the volume pushed past a slit opening of the bedroom door into a pool of bleak light on the blacked-out landing. The other book she read, and re-read repeatedly, was John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. She felt in her bones the crippling burden borne by the man mired in the slough of despond. She followed his travels through wilderness and the Valley of the Shadow, his encounters with Giant Despair, and the fiend Apollyon. Bunyan's tale had a clear message and meaning. Not so, Asgard and the gods. That book was an account of a mystery, of how a world came together, was filled with magical and powerful beings, and then came to an end. A real end. The One of the illustrations showed rocks in the Riesengeberga. A river ran through a cleft, above which towered tall lumps of rock with featureless almost heads and stumps of almost arms, standing amongst thrusting columns with no resemblance to any living form. Grey spiked forest tips clothed one slope. Tiny, ant-like, almost invisible humans stared upwards from the near shore. Wraiths of cloud-veils hung between the forms and the reading child. She read, The legends of the giants and dragons were developed gradually, like all myths. At first, natural objects were looked upon as identical with these strange beings. Then the rocks and chasms became their dwelling places, and finally they were regarded as distinct personalities and had their own kingdom of Jürtenheim. The picture gave the child an intense, uncanny pleasure. She knew, but could not have said, that it was the precise degree of formlessness in the nevertheless scrupulously depicted rocks that was so satisfactory. The reading eye must do the work to make them live, and so it did again and again, never the same life twice as the artist had intended.